0: Welcome to another sustainable wine blog podcast with me, Toby Webb, and I'm delighted uh, that in this podcast I'm being joined by Philippe Bru, who is the general manager and winemaker here at uh, Chateau de Vinalors, Vinalors, um, in Provence. We're about 45 minutes northeast east of Aix-en-Provence, for those of you... Uh, who don't know much about Provence wines. Um, There's a, a phenomenal variety of grapes grown in this part of France. Um, so Philippe, thanks so much for making the time to speak with us today. Um, and perhaps you could begin by telling us a bit about where this very unique property that we're, we're sitting in, how, how it came about, and, and a bit about the wines that you make here.
1: It's very special because of the location. It's um, it's very cool climate. Uh, it's high in altitude, about 400 meters above the sea level in a small valley, uh, surrounded by hills and a very cool climate, fresh nights and warm day. Big difference with the temperature between the day and the night and that all the year around, not only in winter. In summer, we can get uh, 28 degrees during the day and uh, below 10 uh, during the night. So it's more than 20 degrees sometime. Uh, and that is huge and it's good for the quality. Nice balance, nice acidity. Nice freshness and very big potential of aging. Our red wines are able to age decades and uh, uh, sometimes 20, 30 years in the good year. And that is because of this fresh uh, fresh climate. And because of the variety that has been planted too, Cabernet Sauvignon is, uh, is very well adapted. Now it's all vines and low yield and blended with syrup. And that's a good match to make red wines able to age. So you blend 70-30 Cabernet to Syrah. It's about that. So it's dominant Cabernet Sauvignon. So is 65, 70, 75. Around 70% of Cab and uh, 30% of Syrah. So am I right in thinking that
0: that's quite unusual for Provence and quite unusual for this area in that when people use Cabernet, they tend to use less of it. So so what is is that true? And, and why are you using more than it's, the acid? It's uh,
1: because uh, uh, the tradition of Vignolore. Uh, the first owner, the creator was uh, Georges Brunet from Bordeaux, from Medoc, who used to own Chateau la Lagune, Canque Kri from Medoc. So he, he did the choice to have a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon and to have the dominant from the blend. And now Vignolore is um, we stick to that. We stick to this uh, the proportion of changing a few percent every year, but uh, the dominance is always Cabernet Sauvignon and it's very well adapted to this uh, terroir and climate.
0: But it's not just um, Cabernet and Syrah here. We're sitting here in your tasting room on this cold January day. We're looking at uh, your rosé wines, and you were telling us you've also um, been making some white wine and, and even some late harvest white wine. So maybe you could tell us a bit about the other wines that you, you're making here.
1: So as a start, it was 100% red. Uh, Brunet, till the 90s, 100% red wine. But you know, Provence is, um, is very rosé appellation. Ninety percent of the production from Provence is rosé, and uh, the market of rosé is important in France in export. So we develop the rosé, uh, and now rosé is about forty-five percent of total volume. And we planted white recently because white uh, with this cool climate has huge potential about the balance, about the freshness, and uh, very interesting to make nice. Balance uh, rich white wine. And later, we we'll make a try this year um, just to play with. And it's interesting because the balance are, are nice for white, for red, for rosy. The climate is very good, yeah, for all color.
0: <laughs> yes, um, you've got a tremendous variety that you're, you're growing here. And you also have a famous connection to another famous. Uh, Provence wine, which is um, Trevalon. Why don't you tell our listeners a bit uh, about but, um, Éloi
1: Eloy Durbak, uh, we did uh, Trevalon, he's doing Trevalon. Uh, he worked for two years in, in Vignelor in the 70s, I think it was 72, 74. And he got inspiration of uh, Vignelor to create after his own estate Trevallon. And uh, the mixed Cabernet Sauvignon Syrah, who he does in Trevallon is coming from Vignelor and he get cuttings from Vignelord or Cabana Sauvignon and he has been using food from the time uh, Brunet was using that. So uh, he did uh, his own estate uh, starting uh, wine here in Vigneron.
0: So from, uh, from one great estate to, to another. But coming back uh, to you guys, um, l- l- I'd like to ask you a bit about your views on Sustainable wine we've seen this big trend in recent years. We've seen natural wine, we see biologic labeled wine in France. We see um, a lot of organic labeling, and we, and we see biodynamic yeah. practices. and there's a lot of, I think, misunderstanding uh, about these different practices and, and what they involve. What do you practice here in terms of sustainability?
1: So yeah, so it's organic, uh, so I believe that the soil needs to live to make uh, quality fruit. You want clean ripe fruit but uh, less pest possible, less uh, chemical uh, on top of that. So organic it's a, it is a way to maintain the, the fertility of the soil and to have quality fruit and quality wine at the end. Uh, about sulfite, we use sulfite but to try to have the minimum, uh, to, to protect the wine that is able to age, zero sulfite, you make wine that is not able to age. It's impossible. It can be nice, three years, but uh, if you want to have a wine, is able to age decades, like we do for red, and for the white uh, we will do. We, you need sulfite, minimum, but no zero. So we are not in the extreme. We are, uh, we are thinking, we are doing the minimum of uh, of sprays, the minimum of sulfite, uh, but uh, we are not on the extreme of nothing or and uh, in a, Biodynamic. Sometimes it's, uh, it's going very far, but uh, what you do in the vineyard. So we are in the in the middle. Something that we understand. Something we manage. It's not a small size. You know, it's fifty-five hectares. Uh, so sometimes it's more easy to to manage uh, biodynamic on ten hectares or fifteen, but fifty-five is is more difficult. So we are in a shape uh, that uh, we are doing the less. Chemical, the more friendly possible, but not in the extreme that you may find uh, in some uh, small estate.
0: And do you have a certification for your organic? Because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah nice, nice. Uh, yeah, we but have But you don't, uh, you don't put it on the bottle, I think. Yeah, we do. It's on we the do. bottle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, on the red and uh, on the rosé and the white. Yeah, the red is a conversion. and as we are selling all vintages, what we are selling now, it was at this time not organic uh, management.
0: Yeah. So a more extreme version of organic is, of course, the, the movement around biodynamic wines, which I think a lot of our listeners are fascinated by, because we're seeing some very mainstream producers mm-hmm. use biodynamics now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chateau Palmer, for example, mm-hmm. um, in Bordeaux, is uh, has, has converting to, to full uh, biodynamic. Uh, Ponte Canet
1: Manet Conchi, I think. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> everyone at the top end seems to be going this direction. Um, what are your views on, on the, the biodynamic movement and, and whether or not it might be suitable for you guys?
1: Because we are, ma- are managing the organic since decades, so now we want to go a step further. So I think it's, it, it is a way, uh, but usually they do step by step, like Chateau-Palmer, it didn't do 100% no. of a the acreage. Bad. So mm. you do a part and you see how it's, how it's reacting and you're developing, it's part of the future and, uh, and uh, but we have to think and to look uh, before to, to, to jump quickly in uh, in this direction uh, but because we want to do to Im- improve uh, we are managing organic and the step further is biodynamic for me it is this way so you would we like to help. explore that, that method. so we will do uh, in some plots uh, um, maybe part of biodynamics that we think it's it's a plus, and some part uh, maybe we don't use. Um, I don't believe in something which is extreme and you have a bit too didactic, you know, you you need a bit of freedom, Mm. and not to be uh, 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 tight to to a system, uh, and uh, that you you can think, and you are obliged to to follow something. So my philosophy is to, to be able to to do yourself and to, to control what you, 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 you do um, and you understand what you do. Uh, I don't uh, like to, to do things uh, without thinking or uh, understanding what happens.
0: And Do you think that techniques like or approaches like biodynamic, could they help you um, with areas such as temperature rise? And, increasing alcohol levels because I imagine you like lots of other winemakers that I interviewed for the blog have noticed temperatures rising and, and mm. harvests coming earlier. Uh, I know that in Chateauneuf-du-Pape they've had a lot of concern about alcohol levels. Mm. You know, because once you get over 15% it really Yes, yeah, the stops balance is not
1: perfect. Yeah, yeah, A wine which is a 15 plus is not for me the perfect balance but a wine. So uh, when you go to organic and biodynamic you have more acidity. Uh, roughly, uh, because it's, it's low yield uh, too, uh, and that is making more concentration and more balanced wine, uh, maybe a bit less alcohol and more, more acidity, so it is a good way to, to, to make balanced wine. I didn't know that, that's fascinating. Why would the acidity be affected? Because uh, uh, high yield, it's uh, a lot of uh, fertilizer, uh, it's, uh, and that is dropping the acidity. Mm-hmm. It's all
0: so it's a yield issue that's affecting us. It's
1: a big part of the issue. is making uh, uh, the balance acidity. It's like in Champagne. Um, uh, the high yield uh, is a big volume. Uh, they so dropped of acidity in the wine. It's not on the global warming. It's mm-hmm. big part because of the high volume.
0: Yeah. And what so about climate change? I mean, are you, are you concerned about that? Here, are you noticing? higher temperatures and earlier harvests like some others are?
1: Yes, it's uh, and uh, the big difference is uh, extreme. Uh, you have a very big uh, warm, uh, big dry, very wet. In, uh, in two weeks you have uh, floods um, and you have to manage this extreme uh, uh, weather. Uh, it's less even. Uh, and each year you have a uh, very special, yeah, every year. <laughs> so, but um, after you have to manage this date of harvesting. Um, but in, in the same thing. Um, for me, uh, many people sometimes they pick too early because they are focusing on this alcohol content, and uh, and uh, I find some rice now that they are picked uh, unripe. <laughs> Mm. just too much of this uh, target of alcohol.
0: Is that from a particular area? Like
1: no, it's Ron Valley, you found that Valley, in, uh, yeah. uh, in Languedoc. And, uh, so some, they went too far, too ripe, overripe, mm-hmm. uh, too much alcohol. And now people uh, are going to over duration and they are focusing on low-alcohol wines. And uh, they go to peak sometimes in late August too much with this uh, 13% alcohol and you have a balance for sure you have more freshness but uh, at the same time you have uh, something lacking some time of balance and, uh, and the ripe fruit. So it's uh, I don't like the extreme <laughs> mm. on all sides. Well, what uh, do you think, final question, what do you think can be
0: done in the vineyard and in the winery if temperatures are going to continue to rise and you're going to have More sugar, perhaps more alcohol. Are there things you can do in the vineyard um, to help protect the grapes? I've heard people talk about canopy management, about using different kinds of yeasts to try and keep down alcohol levels and still have the ripeness that you want.
1: There's um, a lot of details in the vineyard to to, to manage that, but after it's a balance of the yield, uh, you find more low yield, more sugar you have at the end too, so you have something balanced and uh, the very low yield and not adapt to the warm climate uh, because you, you need this, uh, this balance of uh, fruit and canopy and uh, the very low yield uh, is not good at all in the very warm condition at all. Uh, after you have the choice of the variety, uh, you have variety like Carignan is making less alcohol than Grenache. So when you plant, you have to think to that uh, with variety, naturally, less alcohol. Say has less alcohol than Gronnage, and uh, the base fruit, and more adapt to make a balance uh, wines with less alcohol. And I believe in, in blends. Uh, so you can't change all the variety, but use some, some blends to balance uh, the, the alcohol and the acidity contents. Uh, in Chateauneuf, we're using uh, verve for the white and claret. Roussan for the ripe, for the fruit, for the alcohol, the sugar. And uh, the claret for the acidity. So, so the blends of fruit uh, and adapt to the management.
0: Great, thank you. Um, I think we'll, we'll draw this interview to a close, um, mainly because we need to get on and taste some of your wines. It's yeah, <laughs> um, important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Philippe, thank you so much for your time today and for talking to us at sustainablewineblog.com.
1: Thank you.